episode seven of the redo.、Uh, today, John and I will be talking about plus ones and showing significant others your places and volunteering and other a couple other surprise topics. Um, hi, welcome back. Oh, welcome back.、Um, it's been a while again. And <laughs> Life is just so crazy. It's crazy for you.、Um, no, it's actually not. You're keeping time, the dreams alive. Where does the time go? You know, where does the time go? I can't believe it's been how long. It's been more than two weeks. We're supposed to do this every two weeks, right?、Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. But our schedules don't align because you're very busy.、Uh, no, I believe you're very busy. <laughs> well, we'll ta- we'll get into what we're so busy about because I have been busy. It's true. Yes.、Um, wait, but first let's catch up because you need to go back and tell me about Hawaii. You've taken a few recent trips, so kind of like give me the lowdown on your trips. Yes, yes. So、um, not quite moving somewhere, but still being able to travel a bit, which is great. So see, the trip I took right after our last podcast、um, was going back to Hawaii for yet another wedding, which is great. As for someone who doesn't have family there, it's, weddings are a good pl- excuse to go back to Hawaii. <laughs>、uh, so it was two customers from a bar where I used to work. We were marrying each other. Yay! <laughs> great love story. And I actually brought. My boyfriend back with me, and so that was a new adventure in, in terms of,、um, yeah, bringing plus well, plus one to wedding. Actually, he said that I found out that that was his first time being a plus one as well. So, <laughs> wait, this is the first time being a plus one to anybody's wedding? Apparently, so. Huh. I, right. Well, his his previous、um, relationship, but there was a pretty fair age age difference. So I don't think they went to weddings together. I'm not okay. Put it this way: he there's a lot of things he experienced that he hadn't experienced before in terms of being a plus one. I can't wait. So maybe, maybe I think here's what I, here's my what I'm thinking. At least being a plus one where you don't know anybody, as opposed to going as a couple where you know you both know at least one of the people getting married. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, just going in blind. Yeah, right, going in blind, not knowing anyone except for like me, the anchor. <laughs> how how do you navigate that social、mm-hmm. that social realm, etc. So,、um, but the good the good thing with this one, it was a fairly small wedding. I'd say fifty people, so intimate, and the couple had a really cool, chill,、um, very nice rehearsal dinner the day before. So that's always, and I think pretty much almost everyone went to that, or a good number of people went to that. So that was a good a good chance to like meet some people first, feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, especially for him.、Uh, so that for the actual wedding, it was like, oh hey, what's up, dude? Or like, hey, what's up, blah blah. And the uniting factor, I would say. For him and some of the other wedding party members and guests, was weed. <laughs>、mm. uh, do you know about dabbing, John? <laughs> dabbing, like the dance?、Uh, no.、Oh. <laughs> no, then <laughs>、so、I don't. I guess the answer is no. This is a kind of going on a tangent, but it's essential for for this particular plus one experience. So I learned about dabbing one or two years ago from my international friends, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And they explained it to me like five times, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. But I finally got to. See it and actually do it. So it's not for beginners. If you are into the Mary Jane、uh, in any way, shape, or form, this is like very strong. So basically, you have this concentrate on this piece of paper. So it just looks like, this, like very gooey, almost waxy substance, and you take just a little bit off because it's so concentrated. You have this blowtorch essentially, and you. <laughs> You put it in this glass pipe device, and then you put the blowtorch on it. It creates the smoke, whatever. But then you don't have. It's not on while you're inhaling. Because I was like, because at first I was like, how do you not burn off your eyebrows or whatever? This is weed.、Uh, it's a weed concentrate. Yeah, but basically it's weed. And then you do the blowtorch thing, and it creates the smoke. And then you take it, and then you you know get the smoke out of there, and it's super strong. So that was. <laughs> 
what the groom and some of the other friends were doing in their hotel room <laughs> once in a while. So I tried a little bit and it was, yeah, super strong. And my boyfriend was like, yeah, I could tell you were really out of it. <laughs> I was like, he did not try it. Oh, he did. He, oh, he did. He has a very high tolerance okay. for that kind of, okay. kind of thing. So that was a, a good way for, um, for him to bond as a plus one, especially with. So, so <laughs> I mean, did he did he have sort of trepidation about going in beforehand? Was there a talk of expectations, or you were like, "We're just gonna go ahead and see how it plays out"? Uh, a little bit of both. So he he's a, he's great, like because he is a professional musician and and gigs out all the time. I think that's when he uses a lot of his like social energy. But he mm. is more of an introvert than I am. And then this is also like me being like, "Let me show you my old life." So it's just all me all the time. <laughs> And right. his poor soul having to like drive us around and meet a million people and just be like, what the hell is going on? Blah, blah, blah. So he was a saint for doing that. Um, but one thing that he's, well, I guess he said about me, which he wasn't sure if he liked it or not, which was interesting to me. He says that like uh, the way, so I would try to give him like sort of a nutshell intro before he to would, people. yeah, before he would meet certain people. I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. you're going to meet this person. This is, what, this is what they're like. This is how I know them, blah, blah, blah. And he said, on the one hand, he didn't want to have any preconceived notions of people that he was meeting. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, my descriptions were like very accurate. And I was like, pat myself on the back <laughs> for for being able to uh, distill people down to a nutshell. So are you, are you giving them positive and negative distillations? Or are you sort of giving them, you know, like, this is how I know them? Or are you telling them, like, don't talk to this person so much because he or she's, like, very annoying? Oh, like, you know, Are you giving, like, insight or are you giving, like, bio? Okay, more of a bio. Like, it wasn't like, uh, don't talk to this person or don't talk to that. It was just like, this is, yeah, this kind of this person, maybe major things about their personalities or what they do or something like that. Um, so that was, that part was interesting. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it was just like, Hey, any, any excuse to go to Hawaii. And <laughs> I think he was willing to endure a lot too. <laughs> so it was like on the one hand showing my old life, but also layered, layered on that. Um, I think like, you know, when you live in Hawaii, you know, especially if you're from there, but I'm not from there, but you're so sensitive about trying to shatter like, you know, tourist visions of what they think this tropical paradise is. And then it's just like, you're extra sensitive about that. I think as opposed to being from, as opposed to, you know, like an outsider coming to San Francisco and I'm trying to explain things to them, you don't feel a little bit territorial or defensive. Maybe they say some things that are negative, but not, not as much as Hawaii, just because like it is such a tiny little island and, and the image that it conjures up in people's minds is just like so strong um, and it can be hard to break. So that was important to me as well. I'm totally going off on a tangent, but... You want to show him a different side of Hawaii. Yeah, like it is more developed, more city, which is why I think he avoided going there for a vacation before. But I wanted to say like, you know, if you live here, a lot of people want more development, more city because you don't want to be bored out of your mind. Right, and right. I, You're I, like, just, I want some stuff here. Yeah, and I was just trying to be like, this is every day. Like, I just want to, sh I just want to show you, like, this. Is, these are my friends who live here, and this is what their lives are like. This is what my life was like. It wasn't always like we're going to the beach every day. I mean, some people get to do that. Aside from like showing him my old haunts, like where I used to work, which is a different bar now. I'm glad he was super into the Chinatown neighborhood because that's, I think, is not typical of what people would think that Hawaii is like at all. Um, just because it's, you know, still a lot of ho homeless drug, like drug addicts, hipsters, gentrification, all that, like any city, but in the, in the Hawaii context. Um, so he really liked that. And then I, <laughs> I think maybe one of the things that was hard for him to understand, but I hope that he, he enjoyed, um, was going back to the state capitol where I used to work and just hanging out after work with like my old boss and some of my old colleagues. And I think 
for most people that sounds kind of boring or <laughs> strange again, but I was like, I really want to show you these people. Like, like these are every day. This is part of my life that yeah, you it was really not have seen. It was really important for me. Um, and so I can't say it was his cup of tea, but I think he was surprised about how it went and how it was. And I, I hope it was a learning experience for him. And it was, I mean, of course, the trip was a learning experience for me as well. Like, you know, again, I had never taken a plus one to a wedding like that before. So <laughs> did did you have to ask for a plus one because you don't typically get one? Yes. Oh, well, thank you for asking. Yes, I did ask for it and I didn't expect to get one. Mm -hmm. um, but I was, yeah, the couple was super, super nice about it. But the thing is, you know, when you request a plus one that automatically heightens the the sort of anticipation, right? People are like, well, who are you bringing? And especially if you traditionally don't show up with anybody, that's even more. Yes. So, and you know, people, people, knew my, people knew my previous boyfriend from that life. So that Ooh, was up the stakes tricky. even more. <laughs> I think it just made people extra curious. <laughs> right. Because they have right, a basis of comparison. You have a whole life there with exes or NX. Uh huh. Um, okay. So did you know? Like you're taking him on this sort of personal history of Hawaii, and uh -huh. he's seeing all the spots. Like, do you feel like when you do that, it's like something that you can actually ref accurately reflect, or you just like this is just real quick. Just take a look at this, and you know, tell me what you think about my life, or just it's all interesting because when you're dating somebody. In theory, anything that's coming out of their past, you're interested in, right? This was that was my assumption. <laughs> okay. Oh, but not true. Uh, not all the time, but I think part of that was overlapped with the fact that I was just wearing him out. Like I was like, "Hey, come meet this person. Come here, meet that person." Oh, I see. Blah 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 blah. Like listen to us catch up, <laughs> and I, I can see that was starting to wear on him after a bit. So right. So the whole like the mundane or the everyday things that might seem interesting and sometimes were were not always for him and i didn't realize that because I, again we have very different energy levels um so i was just like yeah this is great <laughs> yeah because you're you're on a high so i mean you know i was listening to this podcast the other day and they're talking about i think it was their college reunion like the 25th college reunion mm -hmm. right and they're talking about you know the real move at these things is to leave the spouse behind because a college reunion you're sitting there through conversations of catching up like these these are conversations that you are not really that interested in you have to fake some attention because you're the plus one but also generally speaking at a reunion you're like you just want to hang out with your friends you know and they're yeah. not gonna they don't care about your your significant other you're generally not right <laughs> it's so true. no if, you don't yeah and so you know this is a good idea i think this is like definitely a tip i would take into not bringing a significant other to a reunion even though you may want them to like, meet some like these are my high school friends like okay fantastic like these you know like these are my college friends fantastic uh unless they're directly in your lives in some point a lot of times the interest is not there mm -hmm. right um it's like well it's nice to put a face to a name or something but maybe a picture is fine do you know what i'm saying <laughs> Right. I mean, there's a, there's some level of curiosity, but it's like, okay, let's let's yeah, put a name to a face, possibly meet them for a very short amount of time, and then like let's get on with it, right? Exactly. Like let's let's do something. That's why I guess you know I I think the communal doing something like if if a wedding is is tough because a lot of it is just straight conversation. There's nothing to do. But I think that's why maybe this this um this drug use or in my case it would be board games. But for you, yeah. uh, it really brings people together. It really helps. <laughs> also, speaking of activities. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that I might recommend to future people having a party or a wedding: there was a petting zoo. Amazing! Oh, it was a petting on, zoo? On, on this beautiful ranch. So uh, there was a petting zoo. Basically, it was four small animals, but it was worth it. I don't know how much it cost, but like it was two mini horses, uh, a goat, and a very, very ugly bird. Like <laughs> I don't know what it ugly. was. It scared 
me and a lot of other people. And like God made him ugly, or he happened to be an ugly version of a pretty bird. I think like God made this bird ugly. Like its face okay. looked like a scrotum. <laughs> yeah, and everyone was kind of grossed out. The little boy who was a ring bearer was all about this bird, but he didn't know really quite understand what his face looked like. And everyone else was like, "Ugh, do I want to touch it?" Um, how how did you perform as a plus? I mean, how did you perform as the bringer of a plus one like were you because my take is that a lot of times when people bring a plus mm-hmm. one or they they bring somebody to some sort of event like this they become less fun so i'm like just don't bring anybody unless you, you know because it's like a lot of your attention has to be another person rightfully yeah. so um but sometimes it just makes you less fun hmm. yeah because you're, you're it's like it's like being a host right i think some right. people get a high off of that but i think in general if you're kind of a host you're just stressed out the whole time because you're just worried instead of like going with the or, flow you're just kind of trying to anticipate the next step or like trying to anticipate the next thing you could say or you're just like trying to see if people's faces are mean look like they're happy or not and if they're not you're just like ah oh, i gotta make sure i do right. this or if someone's tired you're not tired <laughs> they go to bed you're like i want to stay up and this happens to me all the time it's like, i'm staying up all night hanging out with my friends they're like all right i'm over this you know and they and and they they don't want to you know what i'm saying so it's like in theory that may make me less fun mm-hmm. Or something. Yeah, actually, in general, I'm very bad at mixing my groups of friends, and I have like a, very, a lot of. I think you know. I think we might have talked about this before. So people are very selective in terms of like they only are friends with certain types of people, and they will automatically get along with each other. Right. I am friends. I try to be friends with everyone, <laughs> not everyone. So therefore, mixing is not a good idea often. So there's already that. So, but if there's just one person as a plus one. Uh, okay, because I'm not so experienced with it, maybe I'd give myself a B. I hope that's accurate. Okay. Maybe a B. I mean, you'll have many more attempts. I, I hope so. A, you could we'll to... see. Yeah. They're um, not always invited. Wait, <laughs> so, okay, so tell me about... Um, Tell me about Joshua Tree because you also, you know, last podcast episode we talked about my experience in the super bloom. <laughs> Your disappointment um, of Joshua Tree, <laughs> my huge disappointment. But you had mentioned that he loves Joshua Tree, uh-huh. and I believe last month you finally went there. Right? Yes, I was really very excited to go because apparently since he's moved out to the Bay Area, he goes to Joshua Tree most of the time on his own, like annually, like drive down, right. take a basically a pilgrimage, so to speak, because he loves nature. Um, you know, whether it's, he's very flexible about it, whether it's like beach, oceanfront, or like forest or, or desert, like I think he just loves it all. So I was very flattered and honored to be invited to go. And also because um, he talked about his favorite bar, you know, Pappy and Harriet's, which I would characterize as like a, one of my friends, he's like, oh, is it, one of my friends was like, oh, is that like the weird hipster bar on the ranch? And I was like, I think that's like every um, spot to go to in Joshua Tree. <laughs> Right. Nowadays, like, uh, to me, Joshua Tree was beautiful. I absolutely loved it, actually. But because I didn't have the Super Bloom expectation, uh, I had zero expectations. So, therefore, I was blown away. But I, I can understand your disappointment. Like, as people were like, let's travel far away. What were flowers. you blown away by? The, Just actually, the rocks or the flowers? Actually, um, the tree. <laughs> The tree. The, oh, the literal like The tree. actual Joshua tree is crazy to me. And like, no it two is. are the same. They just look insane. And I was like, I can't believe I can stare at these all day. Like just a whole park full of them. And I'm so amused. <laughs> rocks right. were cool. I do like to be some rocks. Um, one of those things, I wouldn't have appreciated this when I, if I was younger, I think. 
Like, I kept asking myself, like, why the hell haven't I ever been here before? Like, I'm from California. It's a couple hours outside of this LA. Like, why haven't I been? But I think now was the time to go. So that was really rad. But this was it. Okay, so this was him showing me his places, but in a place where he had never lived or he's not from. So there wasn't any, like, social... There wasn't, like, oh, meet my friends here or, you know, people right, I know. Right, just places. Actual just places. Um, so that made it a little bit maybe easier in some ways. He's like, this is my spot. Yeah, this that's my spot. Um, I've stayed here before. I've stayed there before, blah, blah, blah. So it was pretty cool. Uh, one thing, so Joshua Tree, to me, I would just quickly characterize it. I loved it, but it's full of white hippie hipsters and Tex-Mex food essentially and very vegetarian friendly <laughs> so right. like as a, a first time as first timer there i understand that people there can be very spiritual but it's like a weird interesting mixture of like uh like original hippie stuff with like oh let's mix um these tibetan prayer flags with this like sage and like palo santo you know like um, hollywood so it's kind of <laughs> like cherry picking like cherry picking a, a way to be spiritual i don't know i mean i can be really critical about that but it's like i said it's full of white people <laughs> Right, they're just taking what they want and making it spiritual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're if you're um, an artist, I can I can understand the draw of Joshua Tree to be like I'm just gonna be a candle maker or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah, my my boyfriend wrote like a ton of music when when we were out there. Um, we stayed in a really cool Airbnb. Um, these three hipsters <laughs> have some property, and they got they acquired these vintage airstreams, which are like old motorhomes, and just like made them super decked out and comfortable. And there was like a million hammocks on the property and a hot tub. Um, we did have to share the main bathroom and the kitchen with the one other airstream and the groundskeeper. It wasn't too bad, but I, I think uh, next time. Next time little, you're up for your own space. Privacy. Yeah, yeah. I think he didn't yeah. realize that we had to share all that stuff until after he had booked it. <laughs> I was like, hey, guess what? But, you know, it, was, it was, wasn't too bad on the whole. Um, and then I, but <laughs> veering off the topic, I started getting a heat rash. <laughs> The day before, the second to last day, I was like, oh man, my city, my San Francisco body is not meant. Yeah, you're not built I'm for not the built desert. For this right now. I was like, damn it. All right, I guess it's time to go home. How long were you there we for? You were there for a while, like five or six days before. Five, oh, that's a, that's a long Yeah, time. it was great though. I've got pro, a tip is, yeah, if you go to Joshua Tree, it's 25 bucks per vehicle, but you can do it for a whole week. It's for good for a whole week. And if you want to go, if you want an annual pass, it's 40 bucks. Uh, you know, when you take people to places that you love and that are like your places, it sounds like Joshua Tree is like one of his places, For right? For sure, yeah. Um, but he's arguably probably brought other people there. He right? has, yes. Yeah. One other. So that was something I was thinking about Ooh. that, you know, like showing people, like, you know, I have my places I go to in San Diego or whatever cities I'm in. Like, I love this bridge. I, I love doing this. I love doing that. But it occurred to me that on some level, I've probably done it a few times with different people, right? Okay, yes. So, uh, is that strange? You know what are I'm you saying? talking like, about significant is... others or friends? Yes, yes, Oh, yes. okay. No, 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 significant others. I see. Yeah, that's, again, I don't have a lot of experience with that because I've always mm. been moving around and stuff. Um, right. So I wouldn't know. I have no idea. Oh my, I'm so, enlighten me, John. Tell me, tell me. Like, would, would you be offended? I mean, not not really offended, but it's like, we all have lived 
multiple past lives. Right, right, right. But if I brought somebody with me, you know, back to my hometown, it's like, yo, I'm going to show you what, you what I know, what I like. But accumulated over a period of years, what you kind of have is a lot of people have seen this side of you. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, but it doesn't make does it, it untrue. Do you know, I, but does it make it less special? Uh, Okay, I mean, not having never really gone through that, I would say no. I think it's if they're actually important to you and your development as a person. And if this happen to be awesome spots anyway... <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with taking more than one person there as long as it's like a, you know, as long as it's like an, a genuine, like, oh, because I love this place, like, I really want to show you. And it was important to me because X, Y, Z. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think as long as, like, maybe it's not like, uh, uh, you know, the same itinerary, so to speak, like, you have the greatest hits, so, so to speak, as maybe you would say. But then I would hope that maybe you would tailor a couple of spots to the person you're seeing based on their personality, like, and what you think they like. Maybe, is that too much to ask? I have no idea. <laughs> no, no. That makes, <laughs> and I mean, is that what you do? Is like, that what you've done? Or I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I got to rethink my strategy. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's like, I, you know, you don't want to be like, yeah, I always sit at this table, you know. But, yeah, I, I guess I should think about that a little bit more, hmm. you know, because showing places to friends is different. Like, friends are always open to it. Like, this is my favorite spot. But sometimes maybe you show other something and it's like, well, you know, I did this with this person here, but here we are again, you know what I'm saying, with somebody else. And I just imagine sort of the movie montage uh -huh. of how that would go. It'd just be like you over a period of years <laughs> and the other face keeps changing. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know? that's hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that's different than, like, say, if you're – first dating somebody and you have like your bar and you bring your dates yeah. to the bar and you... right oh don't bring them to your place no don't as an as a as a former bartender i've seen that go awry many a time so <laughs> that's yeah, different that's... that's different um so i don't think you have to worry about it like that okay that's good huh. interesting john i'm not i got i have to think about this food for thought well it's just it's not gonna happen to you so <laughs> well, i don't know yeah. i mean i hope not but <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing with us your plus one experience. Thank you. Um, let's hope we get more of those because I'm going to go back and revisit sort of my strategy on places I show people. Oh, I'd love to hear the update when you, when you <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, you've been busy traveling and running around, and I have been busy volunteering. This is something different. Uh, I had not known you to be a volunteer kind of guy. Or am I wrong? Um, I'm actually kind of like a... Well, I'm actually a super volunteer. Um, oh! <laughs> but generally speaking, I don't volunteer for things because I don't know how long I'll be around. You know, I and mean, I'm talking about sort of like volunteering for the long term, not sort of like a volunteer, like on a daily thing, you know, um, like, you know, I don't, it's not like I go pick up trash on the beach for a day. Mainly I'm sort of talking about like volunteering for like organizations or groups or something like that, you know. Um, and so maybe like uh, three months ago, I started volunteering for the San Diego Asian Film Festival. And then I picked up another volunteering thing uh, where I kind of forced myself in, which is at the San Diego uh, Chinese Historical Museum. Oh, cool. Yeah. So now I'm in the museum game, as I like to say. <laughs> um, uh, so basically what it means is like, uh, I think, I mean, the thing about volunteering that I really enjoy is that it's low stakes and there's no responsibility, <laughs> technically speaking, because you're not getting paid. So anything you do is sort of, you know, it's just uh, what you think you can do and what they need. Um, so, you know, for a job, like I would never want to do a lot of these tasks that, you know, I would offer my services for. But as a volunteer, I'll do it all. Like I'm like, I, you know, I never really thought that I would. I never even really thought about volunteering for museums, but somehow I just, you know, I met this lady and she seems really great and she's trying to like sort of modernize the museum. And I was like, cool, he sounds great. And I looked her up online. She sounds great. Like, you know, I like what she's doing. And I'm like, 
you know, let's do it. And so, you know, when I go in there, I basically, I just want to learn everything. Um, and so far I've done, you know, I like, I hang the paintings. I like put on little gloves and move things in the back. I take notes. Um, I, I'm going to try to help some of their digital stuff, you know, like, as it turns out, a lot of sort of like the things I'm interested in, also sort of some of the skills I have, sort of dovetail nicely with um, nonprofit work. That's great. Right. right, you're like a jack of all trades. Exactly. You like, yeah, nonprofits usually need help in all areas. So but I'm can. like a I'm like a low level jack of all trades. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not a professional jack of all trades. I'm just like a I'm like a like highly ranked amateur, and that's exactly <laughs> what what is useful, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit, but that's pretty funny. Well, I mean, but like, you know, like I, I was like, I'll, I'll hang some stuff. I Are don't you know. making I, coffee? Are you like making copies? Do they still use a, a Xerox a copying machine or faxing? Um, no, no, no. I mean, you know, well, you know, I I think I've been slowly getting interested in nonprofits in general just because I'm like mm. volunteering for both of these things. And then I went to mm-hmm. my other friend's nonprofit mixer and social thing, mm-hmm. even though I'm representing no nonprofits. <laughs> uh, I was like, I just want to go see what's up. Yeah, totally. And I'm learning about them. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, a lot of the stuff that they're talking about is like how to find people, like how to get engagement and how to get people to come to your site. Basically, mm-hmm. it's the same thing as corporate. As far as I'm concerned, it's the same thing as sort of like a startup. You know, it's, it's a yeah. small staff. You're underfunded. You're just looking to squeeze everything out of everybody. Uh, it's like working, like I like working at startups because you can just kind of have your hand in everything. Uh, and that's essentially what nonprofits are. Uh, at least the small, and I'm not talking like huge ones, but you know, the smaller ones. Uh-huh. And yes. it's it's kind of corporate without the corporate. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do. Because I did was a, uh, as one of my, my old friends and I used to say, like, my college years are basically me, us, uh, sort or of being like nonprofit slaves, like interns, aka <laughs> slaves. So um, it's easy to, it is, it is like corporate, but you burn out a lot faster, I think. And, there's no money. So that's why, but it's useful. I think that's why it's important for, to have people who've had out, other experience first and then jump over to nonprofits. Cause yeah, you have, you can bring more to the table. This, this is my perspective anyway. So you do yeah, need, think, you do need to have the passion. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, I guess the things that, the thing is about meeting the people who do these things. It is pretty cool because like the one thing I have been looking for in San Diego is people who are like into stuff or like interested <laughs> in things or passionate about things. And this is exactly my demographic for, for people to meet and to work with and to befriend, right? Uh-huh. Because it's people who are interested in things, they volunteer their time for free to, you know, whatever, judge a film festival, to work at the museum, volunteer like, you know, doing stuff on the weekend, whatever it may be, right? Uh, so I'm like, okay, that's cool. I like that. But yeah, so you just mentioned that there's a burnout coming. What What is the burnout? What am I going to burn out? Oh, you might not burn out at all. But I think just typically, this is again from my, my younger years perspective, but because like, you know, a lot of people drawn to nonprofits are kind of fresh out of school. They do have a ton of passion, a ton of energy, but not a lot of experience or skills necessarily. So uh, I think it's just easy to just run on your passion mm-hmm. to fuel everything. And then you're just like, oh my God, I have... <laughs> This is hard, uh, essentially, versus I always was fascinated by kind of viewing like, oh, we have a new staff lawyer and this person did corporate for X number of years or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I think I could be more useful in my older years, like if I did other stuff first, you know, and then if I wanted to go back in. To like if you had concrete skills to bring to the table. Basically, yeah, just to, yeah, just to help out more. Mm, um, I see. So I feel like you having, you have various job experiences, et cetera, slash things that you have ho- skills you hone you have honed on your own over the past few years. So yay. And now you can well, share it. 
I don't want to over or undersell myself, but to be honest, <laughs> the, the main thing I'm bringing to the table so far is free time. <laughs> <laughs> a That's free a time. lot. Time is money, right? Yeah. So. You know, I'm like an extra pair of hands and there's free time. How often are you going? I mean, this is sounds... I mean, I'm only going to the museum. I'm, I haven't even gone consistently yet. I just started three <laughs> weeks ago. But I'm planning That's to great. go like two or three times a week. Wait, wait. So can we backtrack? Can you tell me more about your um, film festival volunteering experience? Like, is it something you'd done before? Oh, um, you, yeah, I've kind of done it a little annually? bit before. Okay. Uh, a little bit in San Francisco. Um, I just kind of like dip in and out sometimes. Uh, but in, the only thing I did in San Francisco for like a long time was KSW, which is Kearney Street Workshop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did that for probably like nine months where I, you know, you volunteer and you like help curate. Like, I think we did the, I don't know if we did poetry. I'm not sure what we did actually. But this was, you know, um, that was the last thing I probably did. And this is like 2009. But mm-hmm. through that experience, I had met great people and I had really, you know, some really good friends and like a lot of interesting things. Um, but since then, I've been running around so much. I've never, you know, this film festival is in November. Mm. So oh, that's okay. pretty far out for me to plan my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I can commit to something in November. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. It's part of settling. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's part of settling. And then they just had a mini spring festival in April, which um, I wouldn't say I volunteered. I just kind of like went to go hang out with my friends sometimes when they were working the tables. Yeah, that's important too. <laughs> but I really like that. I mean, I actually enjoy that part of the volunteering process. Like this, I like the setup. I like the sort of um, the talking to random people and just having little tasks and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I like, I like teamwork. Oh, I did that yesterday. <laughs> you did? <laughs> Yes, but uh, one of my my friends, actually one of my my first roommate from Hawaii, she's from the Bay Area as well. She's back. She majored in arts and has recently gone back to uh, enter art, but she's gotten into doing a lot of stuff with vinyl records, like old records. Mm -hmm. She's making various pieces of jewelry and whatnot out of them. It looks really cool. So she had a booth for the first time at Oakland First Fridays. Yes. And she asked me to help her set up and keep her company for a little bit. And since I used to do uh, a farmer's market all the time, like, not all the time, <laughs> uh, you know, a couple of times a week for seven months as a job, I was like, oh, okay, I'm familiar with this sort of sort of setup and vibe and stuff like that. So she was like, thank you so much for helping me. And I was like, yeah, dude, super fun. Like I had a blast and she was excited. I was like, yeah, it's always, these things are like, yeah, the setup when the actual event happens it's a great energy. Yeah, you're meeting people. Everyone's like generally very happy. Yes. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. So I was like, oh, I, d- I did just do that yesterday. Huzzah. And it feels like very constructive hangout time. Yes. She kept saying like, oh, sorry, we couldn't properly catch up. And I was like, no, I thought I felt like we were catching up the whole time just, you know, while doing stuff. <laughs> it dovetails super nicely with my whole, I don't want to catch up. Let's just do something. Oh, I see, John. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy that Man. aspect of it. Everything's falling in place, I feel for I you. I know, it's this all coming great. together. Who knew I was born to be a volunteer? <laughs> you sound like a housewife, like a rich suburban housewife. <laughs> like I just have so much time. Well, so here's the thing. I also I also have sort of discovered um, that you know it doesn't take a lot to be on the board of directors. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. That's like running for office in general. It doesn't, it doesn't take that much. You're unopposed a lot of times and you just do it because you have free time or arguably <laughs> maybe you're retired or maybe you just want to do this. But I had always, you know, I guess I'm coming from sort of a corporate sort of idea of a board of directors where, you know, you've got to bring some stuff to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm finding that a lot of times with nonprofits, it's just, of course, people have skills and maybe they contribute money or they contribute expertise. But sometimes you just bring free time, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so my new goal is to get on some boards. Yeah. John- <laughs> now that you see there's, in, there's an in. Yeah. Um, put some stuff in my resume, my non-existent resume. I want to put some stuff on there. <laughs> some, some, um, positions of power. Well, you wouldn't call that that section of your resume, but really leadership. Leadership. Right. Yeah. Leadership. Uh, 
<laughs> yes, sure. The last board I was on was very easy. What board were you on? It was the Asian American Journalists Association of Hawaii. Oh, very small, very small group. Very, AAJA. You know, great, great, yes, AAJA. The yeah, small group of people. You'd think you'd be huge in Hawaii, but it's not. I think again, it's because like everyone's Asian, so I think affinity groups that are race based aren't as big there because it's a different right different know, environment. And yeah, a different content, different. How, how did you get so on the board? So therefore, it was easy for me to get on the board. Yeah, I want to know. How do you, well, I you know I in my former life I was a journalist you still <laughs> in are, Hawaii. Sure. Uh-huh. Hence, I think I started just going to meetings, and uh, their the number of board positions they have is very generous considering how small it can be. Okay. And yeah, again, a lot of it is just time. Like, uh, are you willing to just go to all the meetings? Right. You know, possibly help plan an event or if not, at least help to, you know, well, nowadays it's easy to help do PR stuff, right? Because it's like, oh, I'll tweet it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I'll Facebook it. But it, it does make a big difference. It can make a big difference. Like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll invite people. I'll post about it, whatever. Um, and and there's a number of bodies there to vote on certain things, right? So it was very, it was very easy. But it was, I wasn't president, you know, I didn't do much. So that's, I think that's the beauty of certain things when you're on the board. If there's a big board, I'm not saying like don't do work, but I, I feel you. Like it can be very doable, put it that way. If you enjoy the mission of, you know, the organization, then you're like, I want to be part of this. Then yeah. I mean, it's kind of uh, my favorite thing. It's like faux prestige, you know. What I'm <laughs> Fake it. Fake when somebody it. asks, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm on this board of blah, 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 blah. Like, ooh, that sounds great. You know, um, that's that's why I feel like I need to strive for this. Dude, go for it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're a valuable asset. So, to, to I can't wait to prove myself. <laughs> you can make business cards. I know, right? <laughs> I, did hand, I did hand out business cards to some people I met. And my business card Excellent. is like, it goes to my website and it says itinerant. So I'm like, okay, maybe maybe this is not what I'm looking for. But everybody else has like business cards, like I'm the communications director of such and such nonprofit, you know, whatever it is. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, maybe I need to like, you know, have a, a forward facing professional part of myself. But also nonprofits, it's professional, but it's pretty casual, so it's cool, you know. <laughs> right up your alley. Yeah, exactly. Right up my alley. <laughs> professional cash, casual. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I've been busy doing, and that's what I continue will be doing when I. Um, most of the summer, I guess. Um, so it's kind of like a summer internship, like a summer volunteer gig in a way. Uh, well, I mean, for the film one, it'll be until November. The other right. one for the yeah. museum, I don't know. Uh, we haven't, I haven't actually like formalized any plans or anything. Like I'm just in it until they don't want me or until I can offer nothing else, you know? <laughs> Um, but you know, for example, I'm going to go scout some museums and like, I, I, I've, I've like, I'm intellectually stimulated by the idea of a museum yeah, and having that well, space I mean, and gallery are, and art. Some yeah. of our friends are in the museum game. Exactly. That's why I'm, cool I'm really excited to like, you know, meet with them be like, so tell me, even though I'm coming from a place of like, I'm just a volunteer. However, I'd like to hear what you have to say about the museum game. I think there's a lot to Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, again, like politics behind the scenes stuff that other people might not be interested in, but now that you're kind of seeing more of the, the inner workings, it might be more relevant to you. It's my favorite thing to talk about right now. <laughs> you have a great time in New York. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't wait until Lanley shows up. Oh, man. Yeah. Little does she know. She's like, I'm like, what are you doing in New York? She's like, I just want to go to museums and eat noodles. I'm like, done. <laughs> You're like, it's part of my job right now. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you know, you're really hitting the streets. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to the curators and like the people in charge and be like, can you just give me some details? Like, who are you? I'm like, oh, I volunteer for another museum. <laughs> I'm representing uh, this museum. Yeah. <laughs> 
like to see how far you can get with that. So I also wanted to talk to you about sort of um, volunteering in a different capacity. You know, mm. uh, this is sort of, uh, I have also been volunteering my time at my brother-in-law's uh, doing outdoors work. Um, oh, uh, on the property? On the property, yeah. Um, we painted some stuff the other day uh, for his birthday. I learned mm-hmm. how to chop wood the other week. Yes. Uh, also volunteering. But, you know, <laughs> it led me to think about your adventures in wolfing. Oh, thank you. I'm so flattered that you thought about me while chopping wood because I, mean, I learned how to chop wood. <laughs> do, <laughs> it was you do, significant. Right? It was a significant day in my life. So. Um, are you good at it? No. You, yeah. Are you good at it? Um, um, no, I have no. I mean, the thing is, it doesn't take that much strength. It's a lot of technique. Yeah, I think it, I just got scared. <laughs> so, and then I, okay, so chopping, okay, tell me how you learned to chop wood. This is for our city kids, out, other city kids out there. Well, here's the thing, you know, the idea of an axe is that you, you hold it and you swing it and in all the movies and stuff, it looks like you just swing it by the handle and just attack things with it, right? Mm-hmm. But chopping wood, it's really about, uh, it's more about leverage and sort of letting the head do the work. So you just kind of like position the, the axe on your shoulder-ish and you, you're kind of pushing it up and letting the eight pound hammer or however the weight of the, of the top just kind of come down with the gravity. You're using gravity to chop. You're not using your arm as much. <laughs> you know, your, your arm is there to direct the blow. Uh, but if you're just using your brute strength, you're not going to be chopping the wood. Is that sort Correct. of your experience, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a two-part move to chop wood. Very yeah, much Yeah, so. you're right. It's not like the movies where you're swinging it and it's a clean break. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, like a, it's kind of like a golf swing where you, it's, you have to sort of like use the equipment, you know, um, and you sort of – you have to use some intelligence is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and without Amir having been there to direct me in how to chop a piece of wood, I definitely would have gone about it the wrong way. <laughs> the way in all the movies. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Like when I was um, hiking around you know, doing different trails and stuff in New Zealand, I passed different campsites and some of them are very well well equipped. So some are like, oh, here's like the area where you can chop your own firewood. And you can see like the poor attempts by previous backpackers that were unsuccessful mm-hmm. because they didn't know how to chop wood right. Exactly. They're probably like, oh, cool, let's build a fire. And then after 10 seconds, like, fuck that. <laughs> this is too hard. We're not going to do it. Um, but yeah, it is cool because it's kind of like, because it's not the way that you, you think it's going to be when it does happen, it's like magic. It almost. is magic. I mean, it's physics, right? But you're like, oh, it's, it's like the wood just falls apart and you're like, oh, I did it. It's both easier and harder than you think it is. But when it works, it's yes. like, wow. Yes, agreed. Now, how much wood were you chopping? Are you, because I was going to be like, wait, it's not wintertime. Do you have to like prepare for the season? <laughs> yeah, I'm, pre- I'm preparing for my outdoor life. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're just chopping wood for um, like a little outdoor uh, fire pit that he bought. So I didn't chop that much wood. And to be honest, I wasn't that good at it. But, you know, I did I did as much as I could. And I wore gloves and heavy boots so I wouldn't chop off my leg. Which you own heavy boots? No, I wore Amir's boots. Um, <laughs> I don't own gloves either. I didn't. Uh, but it's fun, you know, like, and the thing is, that's on my mind map. I did it. Oh, chopping wood specifically was on your mind map? Yes, yes. You did it. I did it. I, I did one thing. I didn't do anything else on my mind map so far. I, mean, I remember the last me potted, you said, let's check in again in three months. And I haven't made any progress. Yeah, we don't so, need to do that yet. I haven't done that's anything else either. sad. Okay, but that's great, chopping wood. Um, also, I'm trying to pick, what do you wear to do yard work, John? I'm sorry? Do you have clothing to do outdoor work um, in? Uh, not yet, but I am going to buy some. But for painting, I did buy a completely new outfit from Target um, because we had to paint their inside cabinets. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not actually that experienced with painting either. I, I had painted in high school a bathroom, um, but I'm not, you know, I had learned. Here's the thing. Like some people who are tend to do things and use tools, there's a way to use the tool. A tool's designed a particular way. If you use it the right way, it makes everything easier. <laughs> But if you get your tool knowledge from movies like I do, you use it wrong. Like, I'm not using the paintbrush correctly. 
you know, um, so I did buy a t-shirt and some shorts to paint in. And then, you know, Amir walked in and was like, this is how you use the paintbrush. I was like, oh, or like, this is how you use the spray can or the sprayer for the paint. I was like, oh, like, okay. Like, you know, it's, it's very detailed and it's all technique. If you get the technique down, you're doing it right. Um, which leads me to be really concerned about, you know, like in high school or middle school or I'm not middle school in college, people go to build like homes for, you know, spring break. Yeah. You're like, are these structurally sound? (laughs) That is, I mean, I was already against that, but this is the biggest piece of bullshit I've ever seen even more because these are people not experienced with generally speaking, using these tools, right? Underage people. (laughs) Yeah. They don't want to build a house. They don't want to hammer things. Uh, Oh my God. I've done one of those before in high school and I I was questioning the entire time. I was like, are we doing this right (laughs) I didn't even know how to hang, you know, wall things properly at the museum. I can hang stuff in my house, but at the museum, apparently, I didn't know this, but you have to hang it at 1.5 meters. That's like standard. Is it? I know there's there's many little tricks and stuff. Like when I, one time I helped to curate an art show at the bar where I used to work, um, the people were using like a lot of dental floss to line things up. And I was like, oh, genius. Yes. I'm sure oh, there's a more floss. high level laser light like device, but for those who don't have that, I'm like, dental floss. No, that's what I'm trying to get into. I'm trying to get into the details of how to hang things or just give me the tips, you know, give me the laser pointer. Give me the app. Um, these are the things I want to learn. What, what does dental floss do? And this helps you uh, line things up. Like you can just pin it along the wall, and things will. And or you can use it use it to be the string because it's very subtle. Oh. You won't see it. Is that like a cool move? Because I already have floss in my fanny pack. So like, should I just pull it out and be like, <laughs> wax or unwax? It's Glide. I know it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the brand. Uh, I don't know if that's like. The, the DIY way or like a pro way, but that was a way that I saw and it blew my mind. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Another thing, just talk to your other museum friends about and they'll be like, no, yeah. what? <laughs> I have been already. Ooh, keep um, the file. Yeah, I do have a strange number of museum friends. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it goes, a lot of them are, are in the museum in a cr- sort of a creative um, capacity, yeah, right? So that's I think true. that makes sense. Uh, are you doing outdoor yard work? Like, are you... Amir has a John Deere mower thing. It's not a John Deere, but he does have okay. a tractor. Yes. Did, are you getting to drive this thing or not? No, yet? I haven't. I'm not on that tractor yet. I'm not ready. Are you not ready? Yeah. Do you want to be? Uh, I will eventually drive it, but I'm I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm still I'm still okay. at the low level, chopping wood, erecting sort of like temporary tents and stuff. I'm not there at the tractoring. <laughs> Knowing how to put tents up is also a skill. Yeah, we built together a little structure in the back. That was really nice and that was fun. You're like an apprentice. Yeah, I'm, that's the thing. I am an apprentice for all things. I'm an ass- <laughs> assistant to, you know, people. I take notes. I'm an apprentice outdoors. I've really found my role and, you know, I just like learning <laughs> random shit. You're so enriching this is... your mind, your life. Yeah, that's great. Ooh, what do you learn how to do next? There's so many. Like one's, one hard skill that I, I never got to do when I was in New Zealand, which made me sad, is I never got to shear a sheep Ooh. or milk a cow. And I was just like so bummed about that. I thought I was going to get to fulfill all my nature fantasies, like farm fantasies. Wait, um, but why didn't you get to do those things? You were on a farm. I was on a farm, but it wasn't. Uh, so so I was, okay, so I was a paid migrant farm worker, and that's just BS, like repetitive movements, and it was with animals. Oh, a lot of, some of my friends worked on dairy farms, and that was disgusting. <laughs> a lot of poop. I think sometimes you have to stick your hand with a long glove um, up the cow's butts and stuff. Or, Anyway, there's a lot of really gross stories. How long did you do woofing for? But I did woofing for 10 days, and I wanted to do more, but the scheduling just didn't work out. So I woofed on a, a lifestyle block. Again, what is that? Essentially, it's just like one house's backyard farm. Like it's, They just do enough farming to sustain their own needs, and that's a lifestyle block. 
Um, like they do sell some stuff, but it's not legal because like, oh, we have excess eggs that we'll just like drive around to our neighbor's houses and sell. Or like we have excess honey that we will illegally sell at a farmer's market. But okay. because they're not licensed, you know, they, they're not, you know, they haven't gone through inspections or whatever. They can't really sell their stuff for profit. So anyway, therefore I was doing a little bit of everything. Like I was doing like weeding, gardening, um, like hoeing, like feeding animals and cleaning up poop and stuff. But it was during, was it winter time? It was cold. So there was no shear. I don't even think they had a sheep. No shearing of sheep to be had. They had one cow who was pregnant. So couldn't milk anything. Um, but I did witness a sheep shearing contest in a bar. That was crazy. Man, that's something that would never be allowed in the States. I was like, this is violating probably every food and beverage regulation ever. But and it's it cruel. was amazing. Is it cruel? No, no, no. no. And not that I noticed. They need to be sheared. Yeah, I, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Well, A, we need their stuff. But B, I think, you know, it gets hot. It gets hot. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. There must be an, a nature's way of them cooling off. But uh, Wait, you're only woofing for 10 days? Yeah. But you worked on a farm the, for longer. The rest of the time, I was migrant farm labor. I see. Slash pack house labor. Um, those were, I did those on vineyards and a garlic paddock. So I didn't work with animals for a long time, just for those 10 days that I was volunteer farming. I see. On the small lifestyle block. So that was interesting uh apparently i missed making cheese by a day mm. and I, <laughs> i'm all sad now but made a lot of pasta <laughs> yeah all the all the other things i saw chickens mating and i didn't realize i learned a lot about how birds mate i didn't know that till then that was crazy okay the chopping wood i learned at my hostel just because you know it was we had a fireplace and it was cold so and i love fire so i was like obsessed with making sure that we always had enough wood in our basket and i would just stare at that thing for i can stare at a fire for hours i don't know about you but i can't stare at anything for hours unless it's television. really so yeah. you don't want to chop the wood and then burn it <laughs> No, I do. I mean, I do like that. But I, I think, you know, people were like, I can I can stare at something for hours. I kind of question that. Can you, <laughs> I mean, can you really just sit there and look at it or like stare at the ocean for hours? Like, really? Some people can. Yeah. I love, well, the fire is more active in that mm. if, it's a, if it's a contained, uh, yeah, I'm like an arsonist, but a contained fire where you have to do something with it, like not just stare at it purely, but like, oh, stoke it or add more wood or yeah. open the flue or whatever. So you're engaged in an activity. Do you want to say anything else about your your newfound or revived volunteerism and and skills, or are there are there other skills that you look forward to learning or doing? Um, I think I'm just going to periodically report back with some volunteering skills that I'm learning okay, and what great. I'm experiencing. Yeah, because this is now I'm taking it like as my job for the summer. So excellent. Yeah, I can't wait for you to like drywall stuff and. <laughs> yeah. Um, what Amir did tell me was that you know some people when they do tasks like this they do eighty percent. And they kind of like aren't detail orientated. They don't do the twenty percent. Mm. And apparently, be, that would that would be me for sure. I mean, I didn't know this, but I'm actually in the ten percent. I'm very detail orientated. Oh so, wow! Yeah, who knew I had this in me? I think I well, I mean, based on your spreadsheets, your <laughs> like in my life, <laughs> I, I only do things eighty percent of the way, and then I stop the last twenty percent. But in certain little tasks like this, I'm like, oh, we should paint all the way here, or we should make sure this is right. You know, so like I am very detail orientated when I have no responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Or do you think it has to do with, it, or does I, it have to do with the physical? Like, does it have to be a physical task where you see a tangible result? I don't know. I just, I think I suddenly realized, you know, maybe that it's it's good to just do things right, do it all the way, which <laughs> I think is a sign of maturity, don't you think? True, true. Because I have trouble with that. Yeah. Man, iPhone generation. <laughs> not, not <even>. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even that. I know. That's why I have. No we can't excuse. blame. We have no excuses. Yeah. I know. I just said that in hopes that would excuse me yeah, from everything. Sorry. Too bad. <laughs> um, do you have anything that you want to push? Uh, oh, do I have week? any? 
endorsements yeah. or, or whatnot. Let me, oh goodness. It's always something. Oh, I'm going to endorse. So again, I've mentioned before, John has a newsletter called Cool It Now. It's about all these relevant, cool pop culture things. But his last one is the music issue. And it's great. I like, he has these dance videos and he made a whole summer playlist on Spotify. Uh, it's, the jams are great. So look for, if you have Spotify, Cool It Now Volume 1 by John Yang. That's what I'm endorsing. Wow. That was amazing. What synergy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and yourself? Uh, I want to endorse a short film that um, I don't even remember what it's called right now, but I will link to it in the podcast. <laughs> um, I'll add it. In, actually, no, I should find out the name. <laughs> That's okay. This is embarrassing. So here's what I want to endorse. It's this short film. It's only 27 minutes. It's by Makoda Nagahisa. Uh, he's Japanese. And it's called And So We Put Goldfish in the Pool. It's sort of uh, based on a true story in Japan of these 14 girls who were arrested for putting goldfish in a pool. And this guy was inspired by the story and he made this short film. And it's got everything I love. It's got great cinematography, great characters. It's 14 girls. It's cultural. It's hilarious. Um, it's everybody should watch this, you know. And we just talk about my music recommendations. And I don't really have any movie recommendations this year because most of them have sucked. However, this is an amazing short film. It's called "And So We Put Goldfish in the Pool." It's on Vimeo. Hmm, sounds That's great. That's what I got for you. Okay, great. All right. Uh, thanks for coming. And we will see you all next time on the redo. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>